Hello and welcome back to the Family Prosperity Podcast. This is Mason. So we talked about adding that spouse or that significant other to the family. Now what happens right after that? That's right, kids. Okay, so we all know how a new kid gets added to the family. But how do we start integrating them into our family governance, into our planning for the future? The really simple answer is early, as early as possible. I often hear something I disagree with from a lot of parents who want to keep adult problems or adult things away from younger children. And I think that works really well for the things that might stress them out and make them feel insecure. I mean, if you're going to have to put your house up for sale because you just don't have enough money to make, you know, next month, or if you're going to have to move out of nowhere, or if you're having serious marital issues, obviously don't drag your kid into that. But when it comes to adult problems that are about problem solving, about coming up with solutions, and about that strategic thinking that we want to inculcate in kids... It's never too early to start including them in those decisions. Get them an idea of how to make those kinds of decisions. I think a big thing we miss out on a lot is the concept of, for instance, apprenticeships. If you go way back, I mean, you have to help your mom or your dad in the field or cooking, cleaning, sewing, whatever. And that's good because you start to see how life's going to function down the road. I mean, something we do really poorly as a society when it comes to professional society nowadays is, I mean, I remember growing up, my dad would just disappear for random chunks of the day, and he comes back. I don't really hear much about what's going on, and somehow that means we get to live in a house and have food and have money. Not that I even really understood money. I mean, if it weren't for other things my dad taught me, I wouldn't understand. I mean, I just know we have this stuff because he goes away. I don't get to participate in that experience. I don't understand what's going on. But when we have a family that's helping direct our future, something that we can bring other people into without, I guess, disrupting the efficiency. I mean, obviously you can't bring your kid to the office every day because it's going to slow you down. If you're working an eight-hour day and you need to get in that check-in, check-out, get in that eight-hour time block, you're not bringing in your kid because then you're not doing all the work you could. But when it comes to having a business and a family, we don't, well, at least we shouldn't have to check in and check out right on time with, you know, a timestamp or anything like that. If we're running things, most of what we're doing is making strategic decisions or managing some of the complex tasks that nobody else can manage. So you don't need to be on a time schedule for that, which means you can include the people that are going to do this 20, 30 years down the road in what you're doing to keep your family successful. And that's going to give them such a leg up over the people who grew up more like I did, who had one of their parents or both of their parents leave, go do work, and come back. That's way different than having a family that trains you from the moment you're, I mean, the moment you're born almost, to be a leader because you get to see, participate in, and understand what it's like to make those kinds of decisions. I mean, I think a really bad analogy is if you have seen Game of Thrones, which, hey, it's a good show, you see early on that Ned Stark, the main guy who, well, spoiler alert, so turn off the podcast now if you haven't seen past season one of Game of Thrones. But anyway, the main guy, Ned Stark, who dies in season one, cuts off a guy's head in front of all of his children because at some point they're going to be lopping off heads. 
And that's an apt metaphor because at some point, one of the, well, one of the biggest issues that family businesses, small businesses have is getting rid of employees. You got to be able to lop a head off in front of all of them to see how it works, see, see it so they can do it, understand why it was done. It's one of many things, but it's something. And getting them involved in that process as early as possible is just going to give them more of a chance to understand what's going on and understand where the value comes from that keeps them fed and why they have money. So what are the kinds of things we can start to do specifically to include people in what we're doing? Well, this is something you often hear about owners of companies, but if you have someone who's growing up into the family enterprise and they might be interested, or even if they're not interested, they still need to understand these things, have them work at different positions in the company, or at least shadow something. I'm, it depends on how dangerous or complicated it can be, but for something like my family where we manufacture food, it's pretty easy to get them on the line, get them laying bacon down, or pulling pork, or running the packaging line for one day, or even helping fill out some of the government paperwork. All of that stuff can be done by just about anyone as long as they have someone along with them, and they'll get to understand what a functioning business looks like. So that's one thing. You can include them in all the jobs that make your family successful. Another thing is at your regular family meetings, ask them to bring something to the table that's important to them. I know we want to avoid wasting time and it's not good to have every, you know, macaroni collage, not collage, whatever they're called, and uh, report card and drawing and everything they've ever done brought to every family meeting. But even having a report on what they're up to Get them used to talking to the family. I mean, this can happen at family dinners, but as the family gets bigger, it's not like everyone's always sitting down at the dinner table with each other, and we need to keep up on each other's lives. What better way to do that than to start training one of our younger members to present to an important group of people that have control over their future and help them moving forward. So get them to maybe make a presentation or two, get them to submit a little report. I mean, if they can do a book report, they can show the family what they're up to. So that's another big thing you can do is start including them in those family meetings early, even if they're not voting. And the other thing we can take advantage of at these family meetings is to start to work on that development. Now we're gonna to touch on that a lot later, what it looks like to really prepare and develop people with specific strategies, but it is never too early to start thinking about the action items that these younger people should be doing. We don't want to be missing any opportunity to develop and train the next generation because they're going to be the ones driving our future. I mean, if at some point we're all going to have to retire, have to get out of the business, have to get out of some things, and who else is going to keep it going? And other, I mean, we could find somebody, but even then, the people who are stewarding this have to know what a good executive looks like, what a good leader looks like. So we have to train these leaders. And the only way to do something is to do it very intentionally. So start thinking about how specifically we're going to be grooming these people for leadership positions in the family, whether it's in the business, whether it's looking at some of the other things that are done for the family. Investments, maybe they're really interested in the family culture, maybe they can learn about the family history and start explaining that. Go study the family tree. But figure out something they can start to do that connects them, that connects them to that family identity do it intentionally, assign it, and hold them accountable, just like any adult. 
and do not be scared to do that as early as possible. The other big thing you can do for this next generation that's gonna make their lives a lot easier, and this starts to happen as they get a little older, so I'm not talking this you know, five to 10 year old anymore, I'm talking more as they're starting to hit those teenage years, maybe in their, you know, pushing the late teenager, early 20s, start giving them an idea of where they can go in the family. Because there are all these roles and there's places they can go that are gonna help the family a lot, and they might think they need to go off on their own to find themselves, but you need to explain to them what the family can do to even facilitate that. Lay out all the paths that they can take and really talk about what your family can do to support them in that. Because they are family and we want them to succeed, and as long as they are committed, we need to make sure they know what they get if they do get engaged. That was something that was really difficult for me in the early stages of our business. I'm just coming out of college. I don't know where the business is going. I don't know where my personal career is going. I don't know exactly what it means to give up time here or there or get engaged in a certain way. Make that really obvious. Go, hey, if you really develop yourself, if you get good at this, you could be doing this for the family or that for the family. Or if you go off on your own, here's some ways that the family could support you and you could bring the value back. And while that comes back actually to the commitment agreement, that's the thing you want to build them up to. So if you have the initial kind of perceptions of my sister, you would think that when they hit 18, when they hit that adult age, wherever we put it, you just get them on there, get them voting. And that's not going to be sustainable forever. We've already talked about that. But what you can do when they start to reach adulthood or reach whatever age you think it's time for them to really make that decision, you have to have a real serious sit down with them, get them to go over that commitment agreement. And it's possible by now this commitment agreement has been signed by people three, four generations ago. So this is coming all the way down the line. You present it to them, you ask them whether they really wanna be a part of this, just like you had to figure out at some point whether you really wanted to be committed to this family endeavor rather than going off on your own. Because as we've said many times, it's not for everyone. It might not be for that next generation. So really sit them down, give them that choice. And you've laid out the paths that they can take if they do have that commitment. Actually give them the choice at some point. And once they are committed, you have to focus really hard on integrating them and letting them realize their potential in the family. I'm really excited to start to get into these more practical application topics of family governance because that's what it's really about. That maintenance, that preparation, and that growth. How we transform this through the future. We don't just put down some policies, some laws. We don't just create trust. We don't just draw up a family constitution and let them kind of decay there. All of this is about living out the ideals that we say we really care about. So in the next few weeks here, we're gonna be hitting on that preparation aspect of family governance. We're gonna to start to learn about how we grow and maintain the things that we've already put in place. If you've been finding these podcasts useful, now is definitely the time to start engaging with other parts of our community or getting a hold of us directly. Your family is completely unique, but when we can get groups of people together that have the same goals and aspirations to talk about how they solve their problems, it makes things a lot easier. There's no way that I or anyone else can know all the problems that you're going through, that your family's going through, or that your business is going through. But the only way to solve those problems is by coming up with a plan and working together with people who understand the problems and have gone through it before. So head over to the Facebook group. We've been growing that community slowly over time. 
You can see that in the link below. And if you have any questions or comments on family governance, feel free to go over to the Facebook page, the group, or leave a comment on this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to like, subscribe, all that good stuff, and check in with us back next week. I'm really excited for this series on growth and preparation coming up. I'm sure it'll be incredibly valuable for you.